0: ladies and gentlemen welcome episode number 33 of material issues i'm mark hershberger of pop detective records i can't believe we've got 33 episodes underway now joining me as always my very good friend and president leader controller master of the international pop overthrow festival Mr. David Bash, how are you tonight, David?
1: I'm doing very well, Mark. How are you?
0: Ah, fantastic. You look great. The paisley's working. It sounds great. I'm loving well, it all.
1: Um it's day 4 of my diet
0: or nice. day 5
1: rather. So far so good. It's not it's there are moments where, you know, I'm feeling like I'm going to I'm going to lose my resolve, but I let them pass and I end up continuing and i i'm pretty sure that that'll be the course of action for as long as i need it to be
0: well part of the uh part of the grand plan uh, i'm going to wait about a month and then i'm going to replace your large tag in a shirt i'm sending you uh it's a it's an extra large tag but i'm going to mark it large so when All you right. get it and put it on it's going to feel really big on you and it will make you feel really good about the whole process i really
1: look forward to that (laughs) but i mean even after five days i I can i can feel a difference yeah you know you don't i don't have all that junk in my belly uh, and uh that's uh yeah that's refreshing for sure oh sure
0: yeah i'm sure that you're not as bloated uh no just gassier things and just bad crap and uh right uh, i think that and you once you get to that two-week little hump where you get over all that and then you start getting on that path again. Your 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 mind is set on that, and you see the results, then you start feeling much better. So keep at it, buddy. Yeah.
1: So keep at on it. onward and upward.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: beyond that, I'm very excited. I'm working on my best of 2021 lists. I've been re-listening to a lot of things. First of all, let me say this: there have been an amazing number of very good to excellent albums this year. And, uh, and I'm sure in large part due to COVID. So I always like to look for silver linings in, in any uh, bad situation. And uh, while COVID doesn't have too many of them, this was one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. The fact that people were not able to go out uh, and they weren't able to go and perform. So they spent their allocated music time more on recording. And I'll tell you Uh, the results are palpable and it's been great um
0: i call it the scandinavian effect because the scandinavian effect because i talk to a lot of my scandinavian friends and artists and i say why are you guys so good you know what what why is the production value and they're like well you know eight months out of the year it's too damn cold to go outside so we're always inside working on the music and i'm like ah well, it makes sense, you know. No,
1: that's a that's a huge factor. Kind of like why there's so many great baseball players coming out of California because they can yeah. play all year round.
0: They can play so year they have round. A chance
1: to get, they have a much better uh, chance to get to get practiced.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's
1: there's that. Also, I'm pleased to say that there's still a very small percentage of bands who are doing download only releases, uh-huh. and that's been great too. Uh, You know, I mean, my policy is that I don't rank um, albums that are download only. And I have nothing against downloads. I think they're great. But I also want the option of a physical release, whether it be vinyl, CD, cassette, even 8-track, as uh, my good friend Steve Rosenbaum has has done. Um, That's all okay. Well, 8-track, I mean, I need something to play it on. (laughs) Uh, So... But yeah. hey, it's a release, and I'm I'm ranking it. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I understand why people are doing download only. But at the same time, I also realize that you don't have to press that many CDs. You can do as probably as few as fifty now, and I don't think it would be that hard to sell enough of them to at least break even. Right. So bands might as well go for that i know a lot of bands have been trying to do vinyl and there's been a delay so if somebody let's say released uh, released an album this year download only if it comes out on vinyl next year i'll rank it next year right. whatever yeah. year the physical product comes out in the year i'm ranking it but That's anyway right. i'm very yeah, yeah. pleased that there have been so many releases so many physical releases and so many good ones yeah. Uh, and, yeah and actually i don't even know what my number one for the year is yet wow uh, i have three wow. candidates possibly four i'm going to be giving all of them a very good listen and uh, by the 12th by next week when i reveal them on the next episode of material issues i'll certainly know what number one is going to be
0: which is so. which is what's going to happen next week uh, yes. I won't. I won't really be a part of the show because I've got another commitment. I'll be kind of on the on the fringes, but it's going to be a really interesting show where you are going to be counting down Dick Clark style your top your top uh, releases in many different uh, formats, whether it's EPs, LPs, CDs. Uh, personally, I don't know about
1: Dick Clark style, but.
0: Or what is it, Casey Kasem? <laughs>
1: but I am—I probably am the, the world's world oldest teenager now that he's gone.
0: Yeah, it's probably. I think you were running close second, and now you're not number the one. the
1: world's oldest adolescent, anyway.
0: But it's—it's going to be—it's going to be a great show, and I—I I think it will uh, it'll be really interesting. And people—people people need to tune in and let everybody know. So, uh, oh, you know what? I
1: just—I'm not hearing you well, but I—I I realize what I need to do. Hold on one minute. I will be All right
0: back. That's very good. As you can see, David's modeling his uh, latest paisley wear. It's purple paisley. Um, I always said he should uh, start a start a line of his own shirts, um, paisley wear, bash wear. Um, and with him not in the picture, you can see a lot of the box sets and things that are all around his room. Um, quite quite the collection of uh, box sets. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, He's got his purple paisley going on. Hold
1: on here. I'm going to lower the volume a little before I put my earbuds in.
0: But as we're, uh, he's putting his earbuds in. But as we're saying, next week is going to be a great show. So make sure you uh, subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel or join the Facebook group. And uh, so you're notified when David's going to be on next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And he's going to count down his his top uh, releases across the board for 2021. Um, I'm already a little partial to the number one overall uh, Facebook uh, interview program. I think I've listed my my top <laughs> one that a couple of days ago. Uh, you did. I did. You know, got a lot of good responses from that as well. But uh, yeah, so so join us, join David next week, uh, and you'll find out what is the best of 2021
1: as much as i can get in in an hour yeah yeah very good but that's that's for next week for now i'm honored to introduce our, our next guest somebody with whom i have some familiarity um he uh he's lived a very very interesting life uh, he, he fought in the 1948 war of independence for israel he has he holds patents He's uh, made a hell of a lot of money in, in the real estate biz. Uh, he was on Jimmy Carter's, President Jimmy Carter's financial committee. He helped, greatly help build a great synagogue of Jerusalem. And he has written several books, some of which he'll talk about today. And uh, yeah, I, um, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So hopefully you'll all be entertained. I'm sure you will. Would you please give a huge welcome to my dad, Michael
0: Bash. And there he is. I on. Good Hi, evening, dad. Mr. Bash. Hi, how are you doing? Outstanding. I hate it when you we forgot have guests. About
2: my, you, you forgot about my St. Jude charity. I used to raise money with Danny Thomas, 10 to 20 million a year. Danny
0: Thomas, the St. Jude charity. Wow. I hate I when remember. we have guests that haven't done anything. God almighty.
1: I remember that. I remember that. And I remember Danny Thomas complaining that Jerry Lewis was getting paid a million dollars a year to do his, and uh, and Danny wasn't yeah. getting anything.
2: Right. That is <laughs> very true. <laughs> but, uh, he got 800,000, not the million.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: 800,000. <laughs> <laughs> At that yeah. time, that was a hell of a lot of money.
0: I, I... Yes, absolutely. No, well, nice. Well, hopefully, you've got some. Uh... You've got some secrets to tell us about uh, David when he was young. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Please. No. <laughs> no,
3: no, well, no. Everybody wants to know.
0: Son. He was your your first yeah. or fourth? My first child, yeah. Ah, okay. Number one. Number one.
1: Surprise after me, you didn't stop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, 63 years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your part in bringing David uh, to us all 63 years ago. We, we do appreciate that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, tell,
1: tell, us what, tell us what it was like growing up in Israel when it was still Palestine.
2: Yeah, well, I grew up in Jerusalem. At that time, there was only 40,000 Jews in the city of Jerusalem and uh, now there's a million people there. When I was there, it was only 40,000. But it's a very interesting city because it's a, it's a center of uh, Judaism and Christianity. When you stand there uh, on a high level there and watch what's going on in the city, you feel it in your body that, that you're in a holy place. It's almost unbelievable how influential the city of Jerusalem is on people. And it's been like this for many, many, many years. And it's a beautiful city. There's a lot of beautiful areas there. And a lot of them are brand new because as I said, there was only 40,000 when I was there and now there's a million.
3: Wow.
2: And in the whole country, there's 8 million Jews and about 2 million Muslims and some Christians, not that many. And uh, but uh, what happens like uh, Christmas time, people come to Bethlehem, uh, Christians, to see where Jesus was born. I go there, used to go there a lot, except this year because of the pandemic, it was really a shame. Only very few people came there. But every year it's mobbed. Everybody wants to see Jesus' place. There is a place above Bethlehem that's called uh, Rachel's Height, because from there you see, you look down to Bethlehem and you see Rachel's tomb. To the right and to the left, you see where Jesus was born. So when I was in the army, they sent me on a mission because they didn't have any connection, any radio, electronic connection. And they sent me from Jerusalem with pigeons, male pigeons, and I had to carry them all the way to, uh, to uh, uh, Rachel's height. Every time I was walking through a, t- a tunnel, every time it hit the road, I had to go up and cross the road. Every time I went up, they shot at me, the Egyptians and the Jordanians from both sides. Thank God they missed. I know you're sure
1: they missed.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm here, so I had to cross and I the be here. three times, and then I got over there and I gave them the pigeons. So if they had anything, any problem, they can always use a male pigeon too. In, in today's day and age, anyway. Today, that's a tourist attraction. They built a few hotels over there and it's always full of people. Very, very beautiful. At that time, it was just a, a small uh, a kibbutz. You know, you know what a
0: kibbutz is. Yeah.
2: So you were you were
0: really the original text messenger with uh, <laughs> with pigeons. Except it was with <laughs> pigeons and bullets flying at you. Thank goodness we have cell phones today. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, Absolutely, yeah. But we already have them. I I, uh, I, I always was interested in electronics. And when I was a kid, I had my own station. I called it the voice of the merry soldier. And I used to transmit to to all the kids around Israel. Then when I went to the army, I had a station also that was called the voice of the merry soldier, which again, all the soldiers will listen to. When I came out of the army, I had a news station. It was called, called the, the voice of the Jamaa. Jama'ah in Arabic means the, the friends, you know? And it became popular in Hebrew in Israel. Then the government didn't allow me to use the transmitter, I had to stop. And that was it. But in the meantime, I had a lot of fun. And I have a lot of friends that came and performed and made it very, very interesting. Then they sent me to Mount Scopus, which is a mountain overlooking Jerusalem. In fact, a famous uh, 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 writer of uh, music wrote a song about Mount Scopus. It's called uh, I'll take this God out of him. From the heights of Mount Corpus. I see you, I see you, Jerusalem, and I'm bowing to you. So, nice. uh oh, I, I got, I lost it. Uh, I touched it by mistake. <laughs> Wait, just one
0: minute. We, we can still hear you. We can yeah, still no, hear but... you. Joshua will help you get it back on if you're still there.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. There you go. He's here, so yeah, he yeah. You're back. Okay. So I'm back on. Good. So, well,
1: uh, Dad, when, when prior to the 48 war, um, there obviously must have been just a real, real passion for Israel becoming independent. Was that something you were feeling? Did you know that the war was coming?
2: Yes, I, I belonged to the underground. I wasn't a, at the age of 13. I learned how to shoot in all kinds of guns because we used to get guns wherever we could. So I used uh, all kinds of guns from different countries in in Europe. I could shoot all all of them, not only me, a lot of uh, all my friends. So from age 13, I was really in some sort of an army, being prepared for the war of independence in 48. Now in 47, I was only 17 when I joined the army and I had to lie and say I'm 18 because they couldn't take anybody below 18. So uh, they knew I was lying, but they needed people, so they (laughs) took me in. But this way I finished when I was 19, I finished a two year service. And uh, when I was there, they sent me on missions to build transmitters in different places. And then they put me in charge of a of the uh, electronic laboratory, so I I had a good time just working on electronics while I was in in the army. And I probably was saved because I was in a company called Jonathan Company in the army, and when they sent me to Mount Scopus, they had a war, a a battle somewhere, and they sent my whole company, the commander got killed, and one-third of the company got killed. I was saved then because I was in Mount Scopus. Then when I came back, I said, look, I need a, I, I have this talent. I need a good job. So they put me right there. That was near Tel Aviv. It was pretty safe and I had a good time there and it was very good.
0: So we can so see right where David gets a little yeah, bit of I mean, his uh, his uh, performance side of things and, and... And uh, as far as introducing musical stuff and stories, it comes from uh, his dad having done a lot of uh, programs uh, leading mm-hmm. into the army. That's a fantastic story. I,
1: I, I inherited very few of my dad's good qualities, unfortunately.
0: Well, but we found one. That's no, important.
2: <laughs> no, he is—he is my smartest son. Ah. oh, child, I have four children. He's the smartest one. <laughs> You know, all right so i will he, go along with that, that yes fun. he has a lot of talent <laughs> no
1: offense no question to my about here. that <laughs> it's yeah, right? did, speak speaking of intelligence didn't you didn't you tell me once that when you were in high school you actually taught the teacher how to do a problem
2: oh yeah i had the teacher his name was lulu mr lulu he became a parliament <laughs> member later on he came for friends and he was trying to explain the Jewish calendar versus the Christian calendar. What is the difference and how they make the calendar? And he got all confused. I stood (laughs) up and I said to Mr. Lulu, sit down. (laughs) And I explained it and everything was very good. And then when I finished school and people gave me, you know, just a goodbye note, they always mentioned, we'll never forget the time you taught, you taught this thing to uh, to Mr. Lulu, and then Lulu became a parliament a member of the parliament. He was very talented, but not enough to know how to understand the <laughs> calendar. You also have the Muslim calendar. You got to know all of this, you know, and everything has its story and its its importance, you know. So. Uh,
0: Yeah, indeed. Indeed. In
1: 1951, you you decided to come to the States to go to Newark College of Engineering. Um, Was there a reason, was there there a reason? reason
2: I went there because I had an uncle, Uncle Isaac, who lived in Newark, and he got me into the school. uh, I I was a straight A student, so I sent my certificate. I had all A's, 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 A's. They accepted me right away and all they charge me is two hundred dollars a semester. Would you believe that? That's all I paid. I went there for four years
0: now. And that, that included room and board too, didn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I came in Israel, they had a special high school that was created by the Hebrew University. It's there to this day. And they only get the best students in there. So in order for me to get in, I had to be tested by a couple of teachers. And naturally, I passed all the tests. I had the highest IQ in school, 156. In my book, it shows 155. I don't know why they took one off. (laughs) But anyway, so because I had the highest IQ, they had a lot more respect for me. So when I did something that they didn't like, they said, well, what can we do? You got this. We'll forgive you. And that's it. (laughs) uh, Because you show potential. (laughs) That was a very good school. And actually, I had all A's. And uh, then I went to the university. And the first year in college, I repeated my last year in school. It was that kind of a school. It was very advanced i was i had nothing to do you know i went out i had a lot of fun for one year until the second year then i started learning a few new things in school then I what was your school oh, go ahead sorry and uh, i wanted to get a job and in Newark there was a company it still is western electric western oh, yeah. wsTO and they gave me a job but for $80 a week. They paid everybody else $100 a week. Me, 80, just because I was a foreigner. They told me that. I wasn't an American. Said, okay, you'll see. And they did see, because I had this huge invention. I designed an instrument that controlled processes. Like when you do glass, you change the temperature, different things like that. And, i did so they had that kind of an instrument what i did with mine i made it do 24 units i had 24 units at its control instead of one so somebody who had a factory and needed all these units could buy only one instead of 24. so uh-huh. they saved it's ten thousand a the unit they saved a quarter of a million dollars so i I have in my book, at the end of the book, I have a copy of my patent. So they compensated me, they gave me a raise of 10,000 a year. I said, that's all they give me, 10,000 a year? And they made $20 million a year from that (laughs) invention? That's not for me, I got to do something. So the age, so I decided to go into real estate. I start building homes in the town called Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie is 80 miles north of New York. IBM decided to come there. So I said, if IBM is coming there, they'll need a place to live. Yeah. (laughs) So I should go and start building homes, apartments, everything. So I went over there and I started the real estate. I had a beautiful model. and, And I was... I had a big open house. Two days before open house, I go downstairs. I I had a basement that was finished as a recreation room. I see it's leaking water. I said, what the heck am I going to do? There's a leak. But I had to think very quickly, what did I do? I built a brick wall around that corner that was leaking, filled it with dirt. And planted trees and flowers and bushes, <laughs> and it looked absolutely gorgeous, <laughs> like it was <clears splendid>. this <throat> way. I know that twenty years later, I came to the house with my brother, and we went to the owner and he asked him, "Were you happy with my home?" I said, very happy. What happened to the planter downstairs? Are you happy?" I said, unbelievable. I grow everything there." And it's a funny thing, I don't have to water it. <laughs> it's grows by itself. Dad,
3: what
1: was, your, what was your impression of the United States compared to Israel?
2: Say it again.
1: What was your impression of the United States compared? How, how did it compare to Israel? Was it a lot easier living here? Um, were things more advanced? Uh, what, what did you feel?
2: No, Israel is pretty advanced. Uh, it's easy to live there, but for me it was easy to live there. First of all, I, and my father was a rich person. He gave me anything I wanted, so I didn't have any problem with the money or stuff like that that I needed. And uh, I had very good friends, No, and, and, the, and the weather is good, it's like California as well. And, uh, No, and then we had this idea of getting our own land. That was very, very important to to everybody there. And finally, we accomplished it. You know, with the war of independence in 1948, it became an independent nation. And since then, there were a few million Jews came in. Today, the total population of Jews is about eight million and one million. In Jerusalem, and then Jerusalem is adored by all the Christians, the Muslims, the whole world. It's like the holiest city in the world, and it really is very exciting to be in that city. You know.
1: Well, what was the what was how did you feel about the U.S. when you came here?
2: How did they feel about the U.S. for
1: what? When, when
2: you first came here, when you were going to school in Newark? I felt very good. I need to raise the volume a little bit. No, I, I felt very good. Number one, I right away had an uncle. Okay. I had an uncle in Newark who asked me to come there, So he helped me out with everything, got me a place to live, and uh, invited me every Friday night for dinner, Saturday sometimes. Then I had three other uncles in this country. And I had a cousin, Lee, Lee Steeman. Lee is very big in the Democratic Party. She's so big, she's now 93, and they named the road in Great Neck, New York after her. She showed me a picture of it. A whole road, Lee Steeman Way, it's called.
0: Her wow. husband
2: died a few years ago. My husband lived to one or three. Wow! <laughs> and she wants to see me. She may come here. Uh, we'll see. She's ninety-three and she's still looking good. And you know, so I was friends with her. And then we, I had a friend called Steve that we liked to drive a lot. And we went to Canada to visit uh, different cities over there. We went uh, in the United States to different places. No, I always had a good time. But the best thing, the best thing I have to tell you is how I made the first million dollars. <laughs> people don't believe it probably. It's so easy, they don't believe it. I knew that IBM was in the area and that they, people in I would need a place to live. Most of them make a regular salary. They can't buy a home. They need to rent an apartment. So I said, I'm going to build some apartments. I look around near Main Street, so that it'll be close for people to come to all the, the the markets and places that they need. And uh, I see a beautiful twenty acres just in front of me on a road called Inner Avenue, nearby to where I live there. And it's for sale. Nobody is. Uh, I, I bought it. I looked around. And I see that right next to it, there is an old incinerator, very ugly incinerator. They burnt all the garbage there, but it wasn't in operation because they got the garbage somewhere else out of town. I check and see, and it belongs to a lawyer who got it. People couldn't pay the legal fees they gave him the thing. He said, I'll sell it to you for 80,000. I gave him $1,500. And he gave me 90 to 120 days to close. Okay, now it was zoned for one home per acre, one home per acre, that's all. So I decided to rezone it to 24 units per acre. That was R3 instead of R1. Anyway, so I went and I needed three votes. Out of five councilmen, three would be a majority. So I need a minimum of three votes to vote for it. So I, I met with each one, explained to them everything. One of them, I, I wore a, a, a raincoat, London flag from England. The, the one of them looks at my raincoat. This is such a beautiful raincoat. Where did you get it? I said, don't worry. I took it off I said, here, it's yours. I said, you sure? <laughs> I said, yeah, what's a big deal. I knew he would vote for me. No question about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, I talked to everybody, and then they had a meeting. At the meeting, there were 500 people, mostly women, that were against it. Oh, you're going to bring all these kids in there? We'll need a new school, we we'll need this. We'll, you can, we can't do it. The other thing is one side of the property belonged to people that bought some homes there, 12 homes, little homes. And I told them, if I get the property, I'll give you more room in the backyard so you can put a swimming pool, tennis court, you have a nice backyard, which with, for me, it's just using one acre to cover all these 12 little lot, So they voted for me, they sent a letter to the city. I'm sitting at a meeting with my father who came from Israel to visit me. And he says, Michael, you'll never get it approved. Look at all these women, they're driving us <laughs> crazy. I said, Dad, relax, don't worry. Look, what do you know? You're just starting, I did this thing many times. You can't get it. Dad, relax, it's okay. <laughs> Anyway, towards the end, three people voted for me. Who didn't vote? The mayor didn't vote, who was afraid of the women, and the councilman in charge of that area. The rest voted for me. That's amazing. I said, Dad, we just made a million dollars. Let's get, <laughs> so my friend. let's get that because these women will eat us up alive. Anyway, I went down to LA to look for money. Who do I meet? My father introduces to a guy named Moses. Moses. His first name was Moses, <laughs> and his last name was Moses. <laughs> and he introduces to people that came from the Holocaust. Three people: the Rothschild brothers, too, and Kushner. Kushner is the grandfather of Jared Kushner, who married Trump's daughter.
1: Wow! Remember? I didn't wow. know that. Yeah
2: so his, his grandfather was and they were building in northern new jersey and they were doing very well so they came and looked at the property and said we'll go partners how much do you want for half i said i want 750 fifty did didn't argue with me immediately they thought it was a bargain so at that point i made a million and a half because i got <laughs> 750 for half and i have the other half still available which later on I got even more money. So all of a sudden I became a millionaire. (laughs) Then we built that project and it rented like this. The first weekend I remember, the roof wasn't finished yet. They were working on the roof. I rented a hundred units. And at that time everything was much cheaper. I rented one unit for $90 a month and two units and uh, two be- one bedroom for 90 and two bedroom for 135, I think. Anyway, a, a woman that helped me out with the book looked it up and said, a million dollars then is like eight million today. That's the inflation from 1963, this happened in 1963. So in 50, 60 years, it's it went up eight, up eight times today. The same ninety dollars apartment should rent for almost nine hundred. You know, wow. maybe even more by now. So anyway, so uh, so I met these people. They became my partners. They brought in a guy that knows how to build very well, and I met through them a rabbi for months in New York who wanted to go into the real estate. He did some, he was very smart. And he got me to build, at that time each unit cost $10,000 to build. And the bank would give you 70%, 7,000 a unit. This guy got it all built for (laughs) 7,000. I didn't need any extra money either. He got uh, black people from uh, the, the south to come. They slept in the basement and they did all the brick work. They got a very religious guy from Muncie, with payers, with a yarmulke, and needed electricity, all for cheap prices. (laughs) Got people from Italy to do all the concrete work, also for half the price. So it cost me 7,000 a unit, and I got it from the bank. And all of a sudden, I'm a millionaire. I, I did, once I did all this, There was another property. Oh, and I found a way to hide the, I don't want people to go in an apartment and look at the incinerator. I built a high wall around it. And inside, I planted trees, bushes, and flowers. And I called the place Town Gardens. (laughs) It looked absolutely beautiful. When you looked out the window, all you saw is trees and flowers and the wall. That's it.
0: Now, so, are, are these apartment are these apartment complexes and the incinerator is that still there today, or is that all changed?
2: No, I'm sure the apartments are still there. The okay. incinerator, I don't know. Maybe somebody <laughs> removed it. I, um, I, I have no idea. I haven't been there in many years. Wow! I should check into it. It's very interesting to know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. then I bought a property across the street that was right on top of the incinerator. I had to cover everything quite a bit, and I did the same thing. And these people gave me, again, 750000 for help. By the time I'm through, I was through with all this thing, I, 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 I made close to $5 million. Can you imagine that? Then I went a little bit out of town, Maloney Road. I built 500 apartments there. There was no water. And no sewer, I dug four wells, uh, no, five wells, 400 foot deep to get to water. And I built a sewer system to clean the sewer because they wouldn't let me build and they dump it into a river nearby. So I had this. Then I went to Albany, and I built that. I went to Syracuse, that's disconnected and Buffalo. And I did rezone in every one of them at different levels. Then I hear that uh, some dentist in New Jersey inherited 20 acres from his father that zoned for one family home in, in Kingston, New York. And he wanted 200,000 for it. I got the thing for the 200 and I rezoned the two apartments. I got an appraisal for a million too. So now I had, I made a million, and uh, I owed the, a union a million to on another property nearby, and I took that property and gave it to them in payment of the mortgage, so I cleaned up that mortgage. So, so, I, so I, you know, I did all this. So I had seven million dollars to give to charity, as much as I could. Plus, I spend a lot of money on the women, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> well, my is definitely
1: the Hugh Hefner of real Listen estate.
3: Listen to this.
2: I went out with a woman for 12 years, very beautiful. Then she wanted children. I said, Look at me, I'm already 80 years old or whatever. Yeah. <clears> Can't have children now. Look <laughs> for somebody to marry you. She looked and found somebody young to marry. I made the wedding for I paid hundred thousand dollars for a beautiful wedding to a woman that's leaving me. Nah. <laughs> hey,
1: Dad, speaking of, speaking of women, tell, tell us the story 12 of twelve
2: years of her life. What?
1: Tell tell us the story of how you met the woman who became my mom, because this is really romantic.
2: Yes, that is very true. I uh, had a date, and I lived in New Jersey, and I had a date in New York. I went on that date. On the way back, it was like after me, I had a bad accident. I hit another car, or another car hit me, and they took me to Jersey City Hospital. Who was my uh, was my nurse? A woman that eventually became my wife. Anyway, she was my nurse. We got very friendly and everything. Then one day she said, I hate to disappoint you. I have a boyfriend, he's very rich, he lives on Park Avenue, and he's getting engaged to me, he's giving me a ring. And she leaves. When she left, I to, I always pray to God when I want something. God always does what I want. I come from Jerusalem. He can't say no. <laughs> so I pray to God and I said, look, I want this woman and the sign would be if she comes back without the ring. Okay, I can't wait. The next day she comes in, no ring. I said, what happened? I changed mind?" No, the ring was too big. You see my finger. <laughs> so he took it to make it smaller. I said, call him up, tell him no, not to waste his money. You are mine. <laughs> anyway, she checked everything, and she saw I was making $80 a week, and she has to give up on this on a guy that uh, lives on Park Avenue. And I said, don't worry, I'll give you everything. So eventually uh, she decided in my favor, she forgot about the other guy. And uh, and we got married. When she got married, I started to give her presents. I gave her first the ring of one carat, then two carats, then five carats. The final one was 20 carrots. It was worth $200,000, and I gave her a bracelet, a diamond bracelet, that cost me a quarter of a million, 250000 so I rezoned her from a nurse
0: to a wealthy, rich woman. <laughs> so I'm just, making, I'm just making a mental note here, visit Jerusalem, ask God for a woman, and then Sit back and be patient. Okay, I got it. Absolutely, I'm I am guarantee. I'm good. If you don't get the results, <laughs>
2: let
1: me know. I'll call him. <laughs> You'll call him. <laughs> uh, Dad, how how did you how did you end up on Jimmy Carter's financial campaign?
2: Yes, my cousin Lee Lee Simon was very high in a, in the Democratic Party. As you see, they made an, a Roediger, a road a a wrote her name in Great Neck, New York. And we were very friendly. So she said, I'll get you into the White House. And, and she did. And I got a letter from uh, the White House inviting me to come in and become a consultant, which every month I used to get on the plane in New York and you don't even buy a ticket. You go in and you pay $24. They go from one seat to the other. You give him $24 a the day, Then I took my father there one month. He came for a visit. Said, you want to meet the president? Come with me. We come to the gate, and he forgot his passport. <laughs> they wouldn't let him in. <laughs> I said, don't worry. President Carter told me, every time you need something and you have problem, call me and I'll do it for you. So I told the people at the gate to call the president <laughs> they called the president, he sent the woman, his assistant over, and they let him in. And then wow. they gave him something to, to put on his chest that is allowed to go in. And he shook the hands of the, of the president. Every 10 minutes, he shakes his hand again, again and again. The president, he, I shook your hand 10 times. It's enough. So my father said, look, I never knew I would meet the president of the United States. So crowd says to him, you know what? Let's go to my quarters, private quarters, where Lincoln used to live. He took him in there, introduced him and me, introduced him to his wife and gave him a good time. And then he signed a note for him to my friend. My father's name was Mayer. Very nice. When he came to Israel, people check the signature to make sure that he has the right, that's not forged. <laughs> <laughs> but he loved it that he was able to go into the president of the United States, you know, and, and to be treated so well. And I especially the president,
1: time. especially the president who, who got a Begin and, and Sadat together the way he did.
2: Um, that was yeah. a good one too, yeah. No, he was very nice to this day. He's older than me, he's 96.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Still alive.
0: What was uh just going back to the fact that uh, you got this nurse to marry you and then eventually have children? What was our co-host David? What was he like as as a as a little one? Was he uh was he a good kid or was 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 he quite the opposite? Because uh, everybody's dying to know. No, no, he
2: was a good. He wasn't a wild kid, he was a very good kid. He even tried to work for me, he was in my office for a while, but he felt it wasn't for him. But he (laughs) did everything I told him to do. He didn't give me any, he was a very wonderful child. No problems whatsoever. Did he have a good sense of... uh... Go ahead. He's named after a famous king in Israel, David. You see, we are descendants of, uh, I have the Book of Descendants, and my name is there, and David's name. We are descendants of King David, and so is Jesus, because uh, according to the prophecy of the Bible, a Messiah could not be, must be a descendant of David. And uh, so, uh, and I had the Book of Descendants, and with pictures of a tree with all kinds of leaves and branches. And I, I, I once my son Joel had uh, wanted me to give a lecture about Israel and I told them about our heritage and I said, believe it or not, Jesus Christ is our cousin. <laughs> <laughs> All the kids came out and they bowed to to to, to Joel from that day on. You're a cousin of Jesus. <laughs> and it's cool. true. Not like we're making up a story. <laughs> Uh it's
3: wonderful. You know, I
1: mean I was I was a pretty good kid, but uh admittedly I was really hyper and uh they needed to give me some stuff to calm me down. Um eventually okay. I did get calmed down. But I was okay. I was a good I was a good kid. I never got involved in drugs or any other no. kind of trouble, but I did mouth off to to my dad quite a bit, and uh, I remember my grandmother. She lived with us for a while. My grandmother on my mom's side. She came from the generation Vera, Vera. where you, you did not talk back to your parents. So every time I would mouth off to my dad, the dad she would gasp like it was the end of the world, because she never <laughs> saw anything like it. But I, you know, I I had a mind of my own, and if I didn't agree with something my dad said, I would argue with him, and he mm-hmm. would argue back. Um, but I never want to be yelled at by him because he had a very loud, uh, authoritative voice.
0: <laughs> and it, 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 it's, just, it's like, that was
1: the worst. <laughs>
0: uh, and do what, you, the uh, what do you think, uh, Mr. Bash, what do you think about uh, David's involvement in music? Uh, did, have you watched that uh, uh, flourish uh, as he uh, grew older and got into doing what he does today? um is that something that was yeah, very he interesting
2: told me about everything yeah no and i i, I like it I, he loves it yeah you know if uh-huh. you can do something that you love you are lucky very lucky you are happy all the time yep. you know it's yeah. very important Indeed. everybody should do what they love to do
3: And, and like uh, I, yeah.
1: I, I, when i yeah? was in when i was in college i remember The whole family went out to dinner one night and I remember telling my dad, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to make my mark in in music somehow, some way. Uh, I just always knew in the back of my mind that I was, I mean, at that time, I couldn't have conceived of something like this festival, but I thought, well, maybe I'll work for a major record company or something. But I knew it was going to be something and uh, thank God it was.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good yeah, uh, indeed. So how did you
1: get, in, Dad, how would you get involved with a great synagogue? Because this is like your biggest, to me, this yeah. is your biggest accomplishment. Yes. Honestly.
2: I, one day, <laughs> two people walked into my office in New York. I had an office in New York in a very nice place on 57th Street and Fifth Avenue. Gorgeous building. And I was on the 46th floor because the building wasn't finished yet. And the highest floor was finished was forty six. Eventually, they finished it and they rented it to Deutsche Bank, a German bank. Upstairs, the whole floor, beautiful area. So, uh, what were we talking about? What were they going?
1: The Great Synagogue.
2: Yes. Yeah, so two people came in. So one of them was from England, and he said to me, "You know, we all need to have a new temple." Our temple was destroyed, and now there is a Muslim mosque over there. If we destroy that mosque, all the Muslims will cause a tremendous revolution. It'll kill everybody. It'll be terrible. So we have to leave it alone. So we need to build a uh, a synagogue or, or, or a mosque. It's the same or a temple, which is the same thing. And they said we found a piece of property on King George Street, number 60, next to the center of all the rabbinical people, all the rabbis go next door, that it's called the, the Palace of, of Solomon. And we would like you to help us out to raise the money in order to, uh, to build that synagogue. I said, by all means, you got the right guy. So I, uh, <clears throat> we signed the papers and everything, and, uh, and we got some Jewish guy came in and said, here, I'll give you $100,000 uh, $100, for the synagogue. I said, in one condition. I said, what's the condition? That you don't ask me to go to the synagogue, I'm a atheist. <laughs> I said, you are an atheist? So I come you give me the money? I'm still Jewish. I got to help my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You are. That's funny. Anyway, we raised, uh, I, I think we raised about $20 million for this thing. And they, they gave me the whole thing, you know, to show, to prove that I, it's in my book. The the last few pages, I have all these documents. the people that they gave it to me. It was a beautiful synagogue, you know, still is. Uh, then I went uh, together with my wife. We prayed and we met all the people. And I had the, the women on the second floor on the, what do you call it when you have, like in a the theater, you have the- The balcony. Floor, the balcony. I put a machine there, stairs that move up and down by themselves. So when the women come in to sit there, because it was an Orthodox synagogue where men and women were separated, they didn't have to walk. They just stood on the on the escalator, on the, the moving stairs, and, and went up there. Hmm. So that was a good invention. It was a good thing to do. Yeah, that's how I got that <laughs> uh, that synagogue.
0: Yeah. Now the book so, that uh, you allude so, to. Um, yes. What book? What book is this? I, I you've talked about your book. I'm interested. What what book is yes. this?
2: My, that's my latest book. Just one second. I have it here.
0: It looks really good. Ah, million dollar miracle.
2: Yes, million dollar miracle. How to make a million dollars in one day and never have to work again. <laughs> I love it. I You're love it. A million dollars. You don't spend it. You lend it to uh, safe places and you live on the interest.
3: Yeah, and you if go. it's
2: not enough, you make another million. And it's not so <laughs> difficult to do. I've been doing it since then. Now <laughs> I'm retired for the past four years. And now I'm going to start again and, uh, and get a couple of million also. <laughs> To help out my children Mm -hmm. and all this, you know, to help out David too. David David, certainly
0: needs it. (laughs) You heard it here first, David. (laughs) David
2: About about anything. Now, before that, I wrote another book that's called Evolution Breakout. One of the PhDs that read the book and gave me a beautiful review said, People may not understand it now. In 30 years, they'll discover it, it will become a very big vaccine. Back- you won't be around, but it will be the best sell. I have a chapter that I love everybody to read. It's called Building a Better World. I show how to do, to make the world perfect, almost perfect. It's called Evolution by God. You should get it. You don't even have to pay back. A today, I went to David, I not have look at it. But it's a very good book. There you go. Now I have several books on the Buddhism because I was always be and uh, they are also very good books. I
1: have three others that I did.
0: Yeah, we kind of kind of lost his connection, David. Or then maybe they will
1: come
0: we... back. they will come back. Are these book? Where are these books available? Are these uh, on Amazon? Uh... Michael, David.
1: Oh, it looks like we lost. Dad, it looks like we lost your audio. Um, yeah. I think I be, I believe the uh, Million Dollar Miracle is on Amazon. Uh, okay. Evolution, Bay God. Not sure, but I guess we can look. i find out.
0: That's great. No, I that's very interesting. I, I'm sure uh, people at watch they're both really to know. They're
1: both really good, actually
0: want to know where where uh, we can find those as well that's awesome i mean i guess we're waiting i don't know if joshua can hear us but uh there joshua back in the picture i think he's trying to help out but hopefully get your dad back now what a what an interesting hour this has been david uh you told you told me your dad's done a lot but you know
1: well we haven't even scratched the surface yet i bet we still can't we still can't hear you unfortunately it's all right. so um, since the hour's almost over anyway, we should probably just say goodbye. Yeah. Um, Dad, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time and for telling us about your life It it, uh, it, it really is something.
0: yes, indeed, it's been an absolute uh, it's been an absolute pleasure um, you know you start listening to these stories and this this is just the kind of person I want to grab a little. Glass of scotch, sit down in a big comfortable chair in front of a fire and listen, <laughs> listen to him for about six or eight hours. It's just this has been, uh, this has been so interesting, David. Great, great call and getting your dad on here. Phew.
1: Thank you, Mark. Yeah, the, the thing I think the, the the strongest, most salient core trait that my dad has is just, so, and he's always had. And I want to ask him how he thinks he got It's tremendous self confidence. It's something yeah. I wish I had. It's something that I wish I had attained from him. I uh, I've never had it myself, um, see see
2: hold
3: on a second. Tr- he's trying to
1: trying to get him back.
2: Okay, oh, oh,
3: there he is.
1: Yep, there we go. Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, Very
1: good. I was just telling yeah. I was just telling Mark that you have oh, such tremendous self confidence, and um, it served you well throughout your whole life.
2: Not dying that.
1: The voice. Uh-oh.
0: He's
1: not hearing.
0: Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, now he's back out again.
1: Um, All right, you know what? Let's just drop him. In, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's okay because we, you know, we had, the, we had a fun hour and a great interview. And, yeah, he's had tremendous self-confidence, and it's served him so well in his life. Um, yeah. It's helped him accomplish so many things that he probably otherwise wouldn't have. And, well, please
0: give him a call after this is all done. So yeah, he knows we wrapped it up in, uh, and, uh, my thanks for, for, uh, him being a guest, uh, on the show and, um, yeah, quite, uh, quite something. Um, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. Really um,
1: yeah, I, re- I, I really admire him for sure. Um, yeah, indeed.
0: and you said he's how old he's 90, 90. Wow. Yes. Wow. He's yeah, trying to I get mean, back on here. I, I've, uh, <laughs> Hold on, because he probably wants to say good night. If Hopefully.
1: my uh... well, I don't. Huh? you may not be aware. Of there he is.
0: Oh no, it's good. I
1: definitely... can you hear
2: me now?
0: Yeah, can we you can hear
2: me now? Yes. Yeah, we're very low, but I can hear you. Okay, David. Good. Well, okay, I was just so going to say, that... a new book. Okay, that only the men would like it. It's go It's called "You're you, are the, you are Young." As young as the woman you feel, not, <laughs> not your young you as the woman you feel.
0: Okay. So if you N- want to
2: feel young, you get to go out with young women, <laughs> and then you feel very young. The f- ready in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> finally, I
0: finally, I see where David gets some things women. from. from. <laughs> Now, my okay, wife is, is only that's four that's years crazy. younger than me, and I'm very ah, happy. it's funny. That's <laughs> funny. Well, thank but, you again, Mr. Bash, for being a guest. This has been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Okay,
2: the same here.
0: Yes, I'm indeed. I'm glad I talked to you. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Dad. Thank you
1: very <laughs> much. If you
2: need anything, let me know.
1: Call me. We will. <laughs>
3: and you'll okay, call the big guy year. for <laughs> me.
0: Yes. Okay.
3: Bye. Bye. Have good night,
0: a day, Mr. Dad. Bash. Have a great night. Thank have you. Good night. Uh, bye you. bye. Thank you. Bye bye. That's, That's so funny. funny.
1: I didn't even <laughs> know about that uh, that title. You're as young <laughs> as a woman, you feel well. Look, uh, after my when when my mom passed, my dad had had always said that he never saw her as anything but the young women that he that he married. So for that reason, I guess he's always been interested in young women, and he has dated a lot of them since. uh, yeah, he didn't start right away. Uh, he waited two years after she passed. And, uh, he, you know, he joined a bunch of dating services where he could meet young women. And it worked. He, he met several. And uh, I, I might add several hotties for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, <laughs> I love it. He, he, he married one of the, one of, well, actually, I think he married a couple, unfortunately. Uh, well, the first marriage got annulled. The second one lasted a while but um eventually ended in divorce but he has been in in a few very long term relationships since then uh and um yeah i uh <laughs> i have to say and that's why i say he's the you hefner of real estate uh... <laughs> but uh you know interestingly i always i always said dad why don't you go meet Hugh hefner i mean you would have you would have the pick of the litter i mean first of all you you and half half would get along really well because you're both intellectuals, uh, you're both around the same age, and you both have this this uh, thing for young women. So he would probably welcome you in and you know set you up. But he always felt like the women in Playboy were kind of sleazy, and uh, he never wanted to he never wanted to indulge. Like i kept saying, they're really not. They, you know the. A lot of them are very, are fine young women, you know, who just uh, saw an opportunity and took it.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but he never wanted, he never wanted to do it. It's a shame because there are there are a number of people that he knew that probably could have arranged it, but mm-hmm. never did it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. Great stories, though. Great, great stories. Uh, uh, again, as I said, he'd, he'd be, he'd be great to just sit around with a glass of scotch for a bunch of hours and, And just shoot the shit. So uh,
1: I tried uh, to be like my dad because I admired him so much, but I just didn't have it in me.
0: You still got time. You've got you've got 27 years before you're his age.
1: That's (laughs) right. That's true. But I'm not. I mean, I'm happy doing what I'm doing, and I'm very happy being married to to Rena. Uh, I yeah I couldn't live his lifestyle. Uh, yeah, but he said well, it
0: best. Uh, it, if you're happy doing what you're doing, that that's 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 the important thing. So uh,
1: no, no, and that and that's yeah. that's very very true.
0: Yeah, and, indeed.
1: And, uh, indeed. I wouldn't trade IPO for anything else. I mean, God, I hope I never have to work in an office because if if I do, you can just find me from the net nearest tree hanging because <laughs> I could I am not a team player. I have to be <laughs> the man. <laughs> and if I'm not the man, I want nothing to do with it. So, <laughs> so there, you, there you have it.
0: There you go. Ah, well, and anyway, speaking. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say um, we have a lot of really cool guests coming yeah. up on material issues. We're back to the music thing. Um, um, uh, next week, well, next week I'll be counting down my top 100 and uh, possibly more. Right. Um, the following week, we have the great Dave Faulkner, the main man of Hoodoo Gurus, our right. first Australian guest. And actually, technically, it'll be Thursday morning when he's interviewed. It'll be Thursday yeah. at uh, ten o'clock in, in Sydney. So, right. um, <laughs> so it'll be our yeah. first. Uh, it'll be our first uh, non Wednesday. Um, following week, we have the great White Twilly, who you know we had scheduled in December. It didn't work out, and uh, right. but now it will i'm sure and now we have a couple of other guests that i hadn't yeah. announced because we hadn't had them yet uh, on february 2nd we have the great man himself mr yeah. gilbert o'sullivan will be on issues on, yeah. on february 2nd for those of you who don't know he's still performing he's still putting out albums and they're still all really good he, i mean he really has not lost his is not for some, for writing a hooky a, a hooky uh, melodic tune i mean the radio is just not right for it but if the radio is like like it is if the radio is like it was in 1972 he'd be happy yeah. with what he's writing now you know he still got it um yeah. so we're really looking forward to that and then on february 9th we have the main man of the great mod band the Jet Set, yeah uh, mr paul Beauvoir. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, uh, Paul has played IPO Liverpool a few times. Um, I'm one day hoping for a nice jet set reunion. Who knows if that'll <laughs> ever happen. But in the meantime, uh, Paul just released an album. Uh, I don't have it yet. It's going to be a 2022.
0: He'll be back. David's uh touching his microphone but there he is.
1: Mark, are you back?
0: Yep, we're back. Yeah. There you go. not now you're gone. He'll be back. Um but that yeah you know, David was talking about just running down everything we've got coming up. So that takes us into February 9th is Paul Bevoir. Um and then I'm we've back. got uh you're back. You cool.
1: Know, here's what happens and this is why I, I maybe can't use my phone for doing this. If I get a call during the broadcast yeah it, it knocks me off. Uh, is is there a way to stop that? To There's got to be a way to, during...
0: to to turn your uh turn your incoming call notifications off. It's the notification that messes everything up. So oh, is that
1: right? Okay. Yeah,
0: I think if then you can I'll if you look... can mute that or something, it'll it'll work. But um,
1: right, I'll figure it out because I like the I certainly like this picture a lot better than uh, yeah, than than with my laptop camera.
0: Um, I was just telling everybody that after Paul Bevoir, we you know, we're all we're that's February 9th. Uh, we've got even more fire, uh more coals in the fire, so to speak. Um, so possibly some cool announcements coming up oh, uh, yeah. for later in February as well. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, or if you haven't told all your friends and you've shared it, make sure everybody knows this is the place where you're gonna get some cool interviews, not only music oriented, but some non-music oriented things too with some music things that are tied in. It's all just material issues. So make sure you let everybody know because David and I are having a great time doing this. So we just like oh, to share sure this are. with yeah. everybody. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, indeed. Well, Mark this was this was a lot of fun as always. Uh um, yes, Sorry you won't be with us next week, although you will I guess uh come I'll on be on the, the fringe.
0: Yeah. I just fringe. can't uh yeah, I can't be live while I'm, while I'm doing uh some basketball. PA announcing, which will be a little too noisy. Um, well, if I hear a
1: three there. in the background, then I'll know. Oh, there, Andy
0: sure tells do not- you, "Do not disturb" icon in your notification I'll, bar. I'll,
1: yeah, I'll figure it out.
0: It's all good. Definitely. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. Thanks for watching, Andy. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, as always. All right. Anyway, have a great, uh, have a great night, and uh, yep. to everyone who's still wa- with us, Happy New Year. I should happy New Year. The beginning probably, but. Whatever. Uh, well, yeah. Well, New this year. is this
0: was our first show. This is our first show of yeah. 2022. So happy, happy year. New Year to happy everybody. Year. Yeah. Don't
1: eat the soil and green. But,
0: <laughs> but if you do, in moderation.
1: <laughs> very, very much so.
0: <laughs> all right. Have uh, a great right. night, everybody. David, be good. We'll talk to you real soon.
1: You got it. Thanks, Mark. Take care, good night. everyone.